0: has gone forward with Stewart to the right Lineker and Howes to the left Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is you know Oh I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff Oh I bet even he can't believe it Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Right Jeff, let's hear your trivia question before we get on with the show. Okay, the question this week is,
1: of all the people who have both played for and managed Chelsea, who is the longest serving former Chelsea manager? So who's the longest serving former Chelsea manager who also played for the club? Especially with Chelsea, with all their
0: managers, that's an interesting one. Right, let's start with what happened this weekend. Leicester 3, Liverpool 1. Liverpool raced into the lead I don't Collapsed. I think it was, it was over twelve minutes or something. Leicester got three goals, and things aren't looking great for the title holders, Liverpool. They've had a ter- shocking run of form. That's is that three in a row they've lost now. Uh, when Tottenham lost three in a row, it's now four or five. Uh, when Tottenham lost three in a row, it was you know hang the manager, sack him, and all that. Bit different for Liverpool, but what's happened
1: there? There are a number of things. One thing which um, goes back to in the famous manager of Benfica in the in the sixties, who said every club, every club has three years and you have to you have to rejuvenate the, that club every three years Liverpool have had three fantastic years they made the Champions League final then they won the Champions League then they won the league looking great doing it have they brought in enough new players to rejuvenate the squad that's a valid question the thing that I think is is most obvious is the teams that had very high very active pressing games all changed over the summer and all, the, all their training time over the summer was developed Voted to pressing less and then recovering the ball later on and therefore not running as far not running as much now liverpool couldn't do that because they lost their central defenders and had to have two the two midfielders fabinho and henderson playing in the center of defense so that has two problems one your central defense isn't very good and two you've now screwed your own midfield now they brought in tiago who is is not a fast-paced sort of pressing type player but he is a, like a quarterback he, he he sits deep he passes he keeps the ball moving and his job was actually to slow the game down and this was Klopp's plan with Thiago in between Fabinho and Henderson he can control the game and make the pace slower and then the players can, can last better now of course he's only managed to get Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson together in midfield in one match this season so losing those three centre backs has completely screwed Liverpool because it's cost them that you know, they're not as good in defence and it's ruined their midfield and that's the reason for it.
0: You never have every team has no injuries or every team has equal injuries so there's always something that will affect one team or another and Liverpool have had a lot of injuries to very crucial positions as you say. There seems to be something else and I think what you said at the start of it was a bit like with pubs and nightclubs. Every three to five years you have to reconceptualise and, and refurbish and it's the same with a football team. It's taken Klopp five years to get them to where they are now, and maybe it is time to have an overall, a bit like at Tottenham, which I think I want to talk about. But maybe they do need to move some players on, and I think one of them will be Salah. Oh, no no
1: question they have to get rid of Sala. He's, he's become a liability, I think. As a selfish striker, or a selfish forward who scores lots of goals, everyone will put up with that. But when you're not scoring lots of goals, and you're still being selfish, and you're not passing to your other striker because you don't want him getting the goals instead of you, that's a problem. And it's a hu- I think it's a huge problem at Liverpool, I'd bet my mortgage that he isn't going to be there next season but the, the the issue with Liverpool isn't the number of injuries, it's that their first three, first choice centre-backs have all been injured at the same time and the response to take Fabinho and Henderson out of midfield has has wrecked the midfield as well so it, I don't think they've had more injuries than anybody else, it's just that it's so concentrated in that one area. A bit like City they, they lost for most of the season Jesus and Aguero, their strikers you know, it hasn't affected... City. In fact, they've been better when both of those were out. Actually, um, and that's because they've got, they've got a great, great manager, great coach, great tactician who worked his way around it. okay Gundogan is their highest goal scorer.
0: Yeah, just on the Salah thing, Simon Jordan, ex-Crystal Palace owner and f- current football pundit on TalkSport, was talking about players diving this week, and he accused Mo Salah of doing that in the game against Leicester. Uh, he said he went down under the slightest touch, but it looked like somebody had attached a pulley to him and dragged him to the ground. And Salah, we said on the podcast last week, has been selfish of late and can be accused of the diving. Do you think it's getting worse and it's about t- you think it's time they got somebody else? And would it, Could it be Harry Kane, maybe?
1: No. I don't think it's getting worse it's just more visible because it isn't working you know it, it, it isn't working is it when he's get, hitting 40 goals for you in the season everyone just turns a blind eye and everyone says oh well who cares when he's not even going to make 20 this season then all of a sudden there's a big problem especially since he's not feeding Mane through when Mane is in great positions which is, has happened a lot this season yeah they, they're going to have to find um, a top quality forward in at the end of the season um, could it be Kane yeah could, could well be the market for Kane is going to start where it always does start which is Real Madrid do you want him if no do Barcelona want him if no then you go you know it, it's that's that's the way it goes you know like on the high street people go to Marks and Spencer's first and British home stores after that
0: <laughs> indeed just b- before we move on and it's about Liverpool last season of course you know we know they were absolutely superb ran away with the league you know they, they'd won the Champions League deservedly so did they maybe just peak? Maybe the players are tired and need a, a, an overhaul. Like, as I will mention later, I just think that Tottenham team just needs a complete revamp. They've been together far too long. Some of them have reached their peak. Sell-by-date, if you like. And maybe Liverpool peaked with that incredible performance last season. Combining injuries in a very, like you say, localised area on the pitch. And some players may be wanting to leave, like Salah, possibly. Maybe they've just, they've gone as far as they can. Not with Klopp. Maybe he, he will be able to continue with some new players.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I think that's right. And go back to what Bailey Goodman said. These teams have a a, a three-year life cycle. They have a lifespan. And Liverpool need... To rejuvenate that team, and I think getting rid of Salah will will help enormously. Um, the the midfield is getting old, you know, with Milner and Henderson. But otherwise, they're a, they're quite a young team. Uh, I don't don't see any lack of active activity, or effort, or motivation. It's just they they haven't been able to respond to the the circumstances of the you know the compressed timetable that other teams had because they have to devote their training time to getting two midfielders to play as centre back.
0: Yeah, it's maybe me, I mean, it's not like, but it does kind of remind me of when I was saying that they reached their peak and Kl- Klopp got as much as he possibly can out of those players. That last season for Alex Ferguson at Man United, that was an ageing team. It's a bit different, but they had been together for a long time and somehow he stayed on for that one extra season and somehow squeezed a title out of them. After that, they, they just went downhill, didn't they? But
1: Alex Ferguson was worth 10 points a season. To the, yeah. I mean, he seriously was maybe 15 points. Maybe Klopp is as well. But it's, it's very strange times and financially it's very difficult for everyone. So until we know what's going to happen next season, you know, is football going to be back to normal? If so, then there, there will be an active transfer market. He can ship Salah out and bring in some you know some new blood. Uh, I think Kane at at Liverpool would be very exciting actually.
0: Yeah, perhaps we'll come to that. Kane has been very loyal at Tottenham. How how much you can stretch that loyalty i don't know but it it is coming to the point where he's gonna go and i think having you know reading some of the facebook pages that i'm on tottenham fans and so on i don't think there's a tottenham fan that would begrudge him the move he's done more than he can and he's got a very bang average squad around him but we'll come to that in a moment i want to stick with some of the other games before that uh brighton nil aston villa nil was one of the best games I've watched for a long time. In many ways, I thought Brighton particularly were excellent. And it is your theory, which has been proven, that Brighton would be a lot better, but they haven't got a goal scorer. They're not scoring the goals. Tarek Lamptey was out. He's got a long-term injury. Bit of a shame. But some of their other players stepped up to the plate, and they they really went at Aston Villa. And I think the difference, the reason Brighton didn't win, is because ex Arsenal goalkeeper Martinez showed why he is a quality goalkeeper
1: oh he played a blinder and, and he's a better goalkeeper than Bernd Leno I mean Arsenal got, Arsenal got rid of the wrong one and you know as he's been showing actually all season it's not just just that one match he's been consistently excellent Brighton are a very attractive team to watch they're very well coached well managed all the players know what they're going to do they just can't score enough goals it's only recently they've beaten Tottenham and Liverpool <laughs> a, they're not mugs at all they're a very, very very good team and you know they've had the same problem that Fulham have had who are a bit below them that every time they win everyone else around them wins as well so they can't they can't make that step away from and can't put the distance between them and the uh, relegation places but they're they're a good side they just need someone who's going to put the ball in the net
0: yeah they did play some very attractive football it was a nice game to watch I enjoyed that as a neutral Because I really, those two teams, whatever they do, it's not going to affect Tottenham. So I was able to watch it as a neutral, and I enjoyed the game. I I enjoyed watching Brighton, because they play that sort of football you'd like your own team to play. Lots of quick passing, lots of no-look passing. They all knew where each each of their fellow teammates was going to be at any one time. It was very good, and Aston Villa did frustrate them. But looking good, Brighton, they're going to stay up. Not a problem there, I don't think. Before, (laughs) I'm trying to put it off, but uh, the Man City-Tottenham game. Crystal Palace nil, Burnley three. I think that surprised everybody. Burnley are now pulling themselves into safety, aren't they? But Sean Dyke's great manager.
1: Yeah, and if if you look at Burnley's results over the last three years, there is always a, a period during the season where they're very bad, and then a period where the, where they recover and they're very good. So it just that period of being bad moves around. This season it started at the very beginning. But he's obviously a very good manager. Again, all the players are very well coached. They all know what their job is, and they all do their job extremely well. The down side for Burnley is they don't have the money to get the make the bench as, as as positive as it should be if you get an injury to one of your starting 11 the player replacing him is not of the same yeah. the same caliber and that's a problem that all small teams have you know you can't have 28 internationals in your squad unless you're Manchester United but Deitch is a great manager um, they'll finish mid-table which is where Burnley should finish with him as manager. They've done extremely well.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's finally let's go on to it. Manchester City three, Tottenham nil. I didn't expect anything else. I thought we we beat Man City earlier in the season. We also beat Manchester United. Uh, we did very well before the year change but I didn't expect anything else apart from a City to win by at least two, between two and four goals and that which is three which is what they got I wasn't surprised I think judging by the messages between us I think you and I probably think we watched two different games which is a, a topic I do want to sort of have a little look at actually I was thinking about it, is no two people see the same game and they can be watching the same screen and it depends I suppose on your bias your background your experience and all those things but I was less disappointed not that you care but I was less disappointed in Tottenham's display than you were. I thought. I don't think it was one of their worst games of the season. I think they probably knew they were going to lose it, which is an unfortunate attitude to go on the pitch. And also, you said about Burnley and looking at their bench. I looked at Tottenham's starting eleven. Never mind the bench, but looking at the bench, you thought, well, we've not got a lot to throw at them. Not really. It was. It was a disappointing performance, possibly, but it could have been a lot worse for me. City looked great with, without
1: Aguero and De Bruyne. So. Everyone else has got to worry a little bit about when those do come back. Um, Mourinho may, made a fuss, quite quite a lot of a fuss, over the last three weeks about not having Harry Harry Kane and not having replacement for Harry Kane. Well, Guardiola showed him what to do because Guardiola has been without Jesus and Aguero. So what did he do? Just put more inside forwards on the pitch, and the movement of those inside forwards confused the hell out of the Spurs defence. They didn't know yeah, what they were doing. Yeah. They looked like a Sunday League team defending against them. It was shockingly bad, and you know that. That's one of the things I'm looking at and I'm seeing that you're not. You know, you you're looking at Tottenham players and wanting them to be good, yes. I'm I'm looking at complete and utter chaos. The thing Mourinho is supposed to be great at is setting up a defence. Well, there was n- there was no sign of it at Chelsea and there was no sign of it at City. They were absolutely shocking. Alderweireld, who I I rate incredibly highly, has been one of the best central defenders in the Premier League for the last five years. He looked like a complete amateur, and that was simply because he didn't have a striker to mark, so he could set himself and he could set that back line according to where that. Guy was because they were all these li- little kids running in, zooming around, and and he didn't know which one to follow. Uh, you know, do we follow? Do we not follow? Sanchez, Sanchez. Oh God, it was an appalling performance. It was just like he, he was just completely and thoroughly confused. Didn't know what to do. That manifests itself in players making stupid decisions, which are mistakes, which turn into goals.
0: Yes, as has been the case. Over our last few games, individual errors have cost us. It did in the 5-4 defeat in the FA Cup against Everton. You know, you score four goals, you don't expect to lose. And three, at least of Everton's five, were down to individual errors, slip-ups not being as professional and good as you should be in your given and chosen position. Individual errors costing us is not so much down to the coach as absolute as down to the individual. But that Tottenham defence, I mean, the first question is, who, apart from Harry Kane and Son... Who, out of that Tottenham squad or starting eleven would get into any of the other top four teams? And certainly none of that defence would get into a top ten team. That defence, Tottenham fans have been moaning about that that back four for about two and a half years.
1: Yeah, no no one in the defence and probably Bergwijn would. No, I I like Bergwijn. Bergwijn, Moura, I like him and Dombele. So there's three, for me, there's three there who are very, very good players. As for the rest of them, it's just kind of... Ho hum. Th- this is the problem with Tottenham. They they bring in these players and they they trumpet them as being big signings. They are signings that City or Liverpool or Manchester United would make for players to sit on the bench. You know, really high quality bench players. You know, they're internationals. So when Liverpool, City, Manchester United, when they have a problem, they can take an international off the bench, and and that it isn't such a big step down. But Tottenham are relying on that level as as being their level with Harry Kane sitting on top. Of that. Um, one other thing to to mention is the form of Loris. My God he's gone downhill and that's I, I I couldn't believe what I've been watching with him he's been like what well, he's like Kepa Ariza Boulaga at Chelsea I mean it's just you think every sh- he's going to let in every shot and the, one of the great things about him one of the things which set him apart from most other keepers over the years has been his distribution has been fantastic and that's gone as well you know the number of times he kicked the ball straight out of play now what are you doing I think Loris will be, be off at the end of the season one way or the other so I think goalkeeper's a problem defence is a problem midfield there isn't that that real jewel in there that real bit of quality in there to match Kane and Son so up front
0: yes you went through a few players there that you rate Mora, Burkwine and Ndumbelé. all very good when they are on form but all three of those seem to have off games quite a lot they're not consistent for me. The defence is dreadful. But Lloris, I mean, his distribution used to be good. That's not been good for a while. But these last five games, maybe, since, we, since we've since we had the slump, a lot of it has been down to his form. I said individual errors in the last few games. Some of them have been his. Maybe half have been his. The rest have been the defence. I mean, it's a different thing when a striker shoots a goal and it gets easily saved. You don't criticise that as an individual error. But an individual error by a defender leads to you going 1-0 down. And there's been too much of that. But Larice, it's like he's playing with two broken wrists. The ball's just going through his hands. He did get his hand, actually, to the penalty that City scored for their first goal, which should never have been a penalty, in my opinion. But we'd have lost anyway. He got a hand to that, but other shots were going through his hands. It was He looks nervous... You want from a goalkeeper, it's, it's, it's a very thankless task in a way, a goalkeeper, but you want from a goalkeeper supreme confidence. You want your goalkeeper shouting at the defenders. You want him being strong and firm with throwing the ball out, catching the ball. And Lloris looks like a deer in the headlights, and I think that's affecting the whole of that back area. I think the, the players in front of him... Don't feel confident, and I, I don't think they trust each other. But his individual errors have been absolutely shocking. Have probably cost us six to nine points in the last month or so. There is talk for him to go. A lot of Tottenham fans are saying he's been a great servant for the club. He's been brilliant. It is time to move on and get another keeper. But who'd you get again? That, like you say, you know, some of those Tottenham players might make the bench at Man United. Might. But any of the players that we've come in for in the last five years, for example, none of the other clubs above Tottenham or around Tottenham, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, none of those put a bid in for any of the players that we eventually bought. And there's a reason for it. They're not good enough for the top four teams, but they're good enough for Tottenham. And I don't think until we start spending as much money as Man City, we're ever going to compete in, in the in the transfer market. How much did you pay for Ndombele? 60, 60 million or something?
1: Which is, is the going rate for good midfield player, but you're not going to get a De Bruyne for 60 million, are you? You, you have to go. You have to go back to Levy and say, look, w- what is it that you want Tottenham to be? Now, the, the great thing about Pochettino was that he could get that l- squad of that level of players into the Champions League, which is where the big money is. And Tottenham made 110 million pounds from from that one season where they got to the final. This is big money, but Le- will Levy spend that extra 100 million to to sort of guarantee that and and actually be able to challenge in the Champions League well the answer is no he's not going to and that's why Kane wants to win things he's got to go somewhere else definitely. Um, the thing about Lloris, if you d- if you don't, you haven't watched him, and you, and you don't know about keeping, the thing you have to watch with goalkeepers is their feet, their footwork. They should be like boxers, the way their feet move, and it should always, you should never dive from a standing start. It should be two steps, dive, and Lloris has been diving from a standing start. H- he also looks a bit as if he's back on his heels, not forward on his toes, so he's not going to go as far. Something is not right there, and I, I think something's not right at top. But unless we can go and film them training, we're never going to know what it is.
0: I mean, I've been a Tottenham supporter for a very, very long time, and I think we've been saying there's something not quite right at Tottenham since that day I started to support them. There was a very funny comment, I suppose, on one of the Facebook pages. Some young fan saying, oh, Mourinho out, Levy out, all these players, you know, moaning and whinging. We shouldn't be in sixth place, we shouldn't be in seventh. We were top of the table in November. And one fan said, if you're this depressed now, you'd have probably hung yourself during the 90s. Keith Berkenshaw. <laughs> <So, Yeah,
1: okay. laughs> how would you have managed under that? Oh, no. I mean, that, that, that's all just nonsense. Spurs have always been Spurs. and all the time I've been watching football, Spurs will, will do really, really well for three quarters of a season, probably win a cup every five years. That is Spurs. Spurs will be Spurs. There's an argument that each club has a culture that they cannot get out West Ham cannot get out of their culture. West Ham will never ever win the league. Now the argument always used to be that at Upton Park, because the pitch was so small, it wasn't big enough to win the league. I mean, Ron Greenwood said that back in 1962. So he said, okay what we'll do is we'll create really attractive attacking football, which means the fans always want to come and see. So even if we don't win, they saw an attractive game of football. So that's the theory and that's the culture at West Ham. It doesn't matter who the manager is or who the players are they come in and and the culture just sort of subsumes them and Spurs is the same Spurs are Spurs and Spurs are going to carry on being Spurs because that's who they are I think there's going to be big changes at Spurs at the end of the season I, I can see Mourinho going quite a few players being shipped out and there's a big rebuilding job to do for someone and I hope it will be Eddie Howe but we shall see
0: I mean, it has been like that for a long time and this culture thing, yes, it's true. During that period up until the holiday season when Tottenham were top of the league three or four times over a period and watching them play teams like City who they beat 2-0, different City, I think, their attitude and culture has changed since then. But watching Tottenham, there was a belief in those players. They really thought they could be and should be top of the league or in the top four. And they they went in for every tackle. They chased every ball. They were they were playing very defensive football in some games but were blocking every single shot. Now they look like a team who think, yeah, we should be about eighth. They gave City far too much respect. They gave Chelsea far too much respect. Chelsea have been below Tottenham all season. Why are they showing them so much respect? And that's a Tottenham thing. They, they feel like they're... they're they're in their, in their school shorts, sat at the big boy table, and they shouldn't be. And that's got a lot to do with the spending and everything else. But there is a, an attitude, and I don't think that's whatever manager comes in, it's going to take... Some big signings, some big name signings that Liverpool and Man City would want in their team to change that. And there isn't the money, is there? You wouldn't have Ndombele playing in City's starting eleven. You wouldn't have even Lo Celso. Now Tottenham have had Reguilon out, Lo Celso out. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Deli Alley finally got a short cameo. Looked a bit petulant. Looked a bit mopey, sulky. But Gareth Bale was, uh, after all, a furore over his social media post and Marina not been happy with it. Strangely, was uh, I, I didn't expect to see him come on the pitch. And uh, he came on for 18 minutes, I think. And actually. Didn't look half bad in some instances. He did actually chase back. He did actually go in for tackles. He did make himself available, and he did manage to skip through three players in the city box. Decent save by the city goalkeeper. It was a bit the strongest shot G- Gareth Bale's ever made. But there did seem to be shoots of a revival with Gareth Bale for me. That's the only positive I can take from that game, really.
1: Yeah, but he's got to keep it up. In, in the next time he's on the pitch, he's got to do the same. The problem for me with that um, with that Bale shot, I mean, he was brilliant getting through the through the. Defense defence his footwork was fantastic but he put the ball in the only place the goalkeeper could save it that that shot has got to, has got to stay low it just went up to the really comfortable height for the goalkeeper That is belief. It's, you know, he's hoping he's going to score, not knowing he's going to score.
0: Yes, and I think that's come with the uncertainty of, am I going to get game? What am I actually doing here? Falling out, possibly, with Mourinho. The other players, I don't think, particularly trust him. We've said before, they don't seem to pass to him. But when he showed that old Gareth Bale there, as he has done, he's scored four goals, one in each competition. He's not had a lot of game time. But he, he, I did feel quite positive about his contribution to that 3-0 loss. Let's move on and see what else happened over the weekend. Uh, we'll come to your team in a moment. They had a good game yesterday. But first of all, uh, Wolves got an away win at Southampton. And West Brom drew with Man United. And West Brom scored first. And Man United could not break down their defence. Sam Allardyce at his best. Maybe. Um, maybe
1: um, it was certainly a very different West Brom than the one we've seen for most of this season. And until until that result, he'd got four points from nine games, so he'd, he'd actually done worse than the previous manager. So it was a very very good performance. I, I had it nailed on as a three nil Man United win. Late on, I was thinking oh, maybe should say five, but. You know, it's just, it, it again proves footballers are thick. You know, they're stupid. Do they not realise that that should have been a 5-0 Man United win? And they go out on a pitch and they can't even do that. End up, you know, Manchester United with their £800 million squad end up drawing with West Brom, who's, what's the value of that squad? £100 million? Maybe? if that give it, you know if you say okay the players don't match up man to man maybe it is the
0: manager we said it last week i think when they drew 3-3 with man united drew 3-3 with everton that clearly they're not title contenders uh they were away at west brom but this is west brom you know lose to themselves in training but i thought they put up a decent performance west brom and they could have won that game it wasn't like they were just holding on by the skin of their teeth to desperately get that one point because actually one point doesn't do a lot for them uh the other teams as you said winning around them uh, i think west brom actually wanted to win that game they weren't desperately trying to just hang on to a point and I think Man United were a little bit lucky
1: yeah I I think the team that deserved to win on looking at the the performance was West Brom and Man United were the the ones lucky to get away with the draw
0: Arsenal 4 Leeds 2 there's always going to be goals when Leeds play could go either way they were what 4-0 up Arsenal Leeds got 2 goals back it was never a scare Arsenal were never going to lose that game but I hate to say it Arsenal are creeping up on Tottenham a little bit Tottenham have got a game in hand and a couple of points ahead but have Arsenal turned a corner or was that just one of those games well I think only time will tell
1: I mean they're not going to play such an accommodating side as Leeds every match are they and and that was a poor Leeds performance not not like they played in recent weeks um, of course Calvin Phillips was out which makes a huge a huge huge difference for them unfortunately Melier the goalkeeper just chose that match to have a nightmare yeah uh, the wand was looked very good has to be said but can, can they can they keep that up? And what about the opposition? So, you know, we, we just have to wait and see. Um, but it's certainly, by a very, very long way, the best performance they've put up since the groundsman became manager.
0: Well, that's probably not saying a lot, but it's a long time. So if that's their best performance in well over a year, that possibly says something. They, like Tottenham, have got a European match coming up this week. Big, big, big result, I thought, on Sunday, though, was Everton nil, Fulham 2. Everton, who were early runners for top four. In the season beginning of the season had some good results they've got a good team they've got an excellent manager to lose at home is always bad but to lose at home to Fulham or are nailed on to go down was a huge shock I think yeah Fulham have,
1: have played extremely well I mean they they really have played very very well without getting the the results and the points that they deserve before this match they'd taken eight points from the thirty six available. That's relegation form. For the last 6 7 weeks they have looked very very good. The thing that was different this week was they put the their recent signing Marja on the pitch and he looks the real deal as a center forward and he got two goals. He was a complete handful for the for the defense. They so couldn't handle him at all. If they carry on like that, the way they they've been playing with him and and he scores goals, I could see see them getting out of trouble and Newcastle dropping into the relegation because Newcastle have got the exact opposite problem. They've lost Callum Wilson for. At least 10 matches. Who's going to score goals for Newcastle without Callum Wilson on the pitch? So I think Newcastle might be in big trouble and Fulham could escape. If Fulham win their game in hand, they're only four points behind Newcastle. Four, and four points is nothing. That can turn around. Two matches, that turns around. There is hope for Fulham because they've got a centre-forward who can actually score goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've they've done very well. They've, they've had some they had a dodgy starts to the season and we didn't think they looked like a Premier League side. But having watched them since... Since the turn of the year, actually, they've played some very good matches and actually look like an attractive team to watch. And now finally getting the results to go with it. But like you say, that young fellow who signed from Lille uh, on deadline day, last minute signing, he's he's been a difference, hasn't he? And that, that was his full debut and he got two goals and apparently looked very good doing it. But wh- where does that leave Everton then and Ancelotti?
1: They, they look to be stuck in the mud, don't they? Uh, they're, they're not convincing in anything that they do. And w- watching that game, I was really, really disappointed with Andres Gomez. The only passes he completed were backwards. He was the point at which everything broke down in, in Everton's build up. Two years ago, he was superb. Whatever's happening there, it isn't working. It, it's a question for Ancelotti. He's, he's obviously a very good manager. He's got a fantastic track record. He's got to turn that round.
0: Right, let's turn our attention to last night's games. West Ham, your team. West Ham United 3, Sheffield United 0. First of all, again, you know, like you say Leeds had a bad performance it depends who you're playing it is Sheffield Wednesday they are bottom of the league but to put three past the team desperate for points no matter what is is pretty good and this is a team who earlier in the season possibly didn't look like the sort of team that would get three goals in one game well
1: firstly it was Sheffield United not Sheffield Wednesday (laughs) <laughs> but for for 30 minutes, Sheffield United looked very, very good. They have looked very... Since Chris Basham came back from that long-term injury and, and the defence p- could play the way it played the previous season, they've looked very, very good. And for a lot of the match yesterday, they did look good. They they miss having a striker who can score goals. Because if, and if they'd had one, it would have been a much, much closer match because 3-0 does not reflect the, the difference between the two sides on the performance. It's just West Ham took their chances and... Uh, you can't say that Sheffield United didn't take their chances I mean they had some chances and they didn't take them but they didn't create enough chances either up until the penalty area they were were really really good very positive their movement's fantastic and they looked like they could overrun West Ham but that final pass was never there and that's kind of an issue for them if they'd won last night they would have been a very good outside bet to escape relegation but I don't think they can and West Ham were, were good they were very efficient Lingard had another a very good game. You know, another team playing without a centre-forward, so they just put fast put fast creative players on the pitch to confuse the defence and I mean Lingard looked very very good the, the same problem that, that w- we've always had with Lingard he's very very good up until the penalty area then it all goes a bit pear shaped but he, he occupied three defenders you know West Ham were you know, they were worth the points 3-0 flattered them I think one one thing of note which our, our friend and journalist and broadcaster Kirk can take note of is West Ham actually got a penalty they, they were awarded two penalties yeah. in fact the first two penalties West Ham have been awarded this season the first one VAR overruled because one player had half a centimeter of his knee in front of someone else before the penalty therefore that the penalty was chalked off second penalty was stonewall penalty I mean it's the most ridiculous challenge by a defender you've ever seen in your life it's like rugby it was pathetic so West Ham have actually got a penalty and scored and Lingard was going to take the penalty. Lingard was fouled in the area. Declan Rice walked up to him. Declan Rice's captain said, no, I'm taking it. And at which point you think, oh my God, you've got to score now. And he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, he did. And fair play to Lingard. Lingard went and jumped all over him and cheered. And so, you know, fair play to him. In the end, they both did very well.
0: Yeah, good for Lingard. Good for West Ham. Uh, you said that, you know, the, the scoreline flattered West Ham a bit and they took each of their chances and didn't have that many compared to Sheffield United. Just going back to the Brighton-Nil-Aston Villa-Nil, Brighton had 26 shots in that game, more than they've ever had in any Premier League game in the entire time they've been in the Premier League. That was the most shots they've ever taken and it still ended up with nil but West Ham took theirs and ended up with three. Uh finally Newcastle uh were away at Chelsea, routine 2-0 win for Chelsea. Like you said, Newcastle may be getting dragged into the mire.
1: Well, well I think so. The the, the problem last night was the manager. He sent them out as a uh, with tactics uh, as a diamond and they've done it too often. So the opposition managers have seen it. They know how to set up their team against it. Chelsea did. As long as you can get the ball wide fast and then move forward fast, you you know, the diamond is absolutely useless in fact it's counterproductive and it took uh, it took bruce the whole of the first half to twig that and in the second half he he basically packed the midfield and made them more difficult to beat but the performance from newcastle in that second half was the performance of a team that wanted to keep the score down they never looked as if they were going to score they were just they were just there to try okay if we can keep this at 2-0 then we've it's a good result for us I don't know where they're going to get a goal from. They look utterly. No, sh- it looks shocking. And without Callum Wilson, as as they say in Lancashire, there's nothing down for you. And I think they could get dragged into the relegation. And at, you know, Fulham can can get up there, and Newca- Newcastle will drop down.
0: I think you and I take our pundits' hats off, hats off and human being hat on. We'd we'd rather see Newcastle go down than Fulham. I think.
1: Well, Newcastle are, are reverting to type. And for years, I used to refer to them as Jongleurs, Jongleurs, the, the comedy club. And we were back to that last night. It was just it was it was puzzling on, on almost every single level. What were you setting out to do? And it's like he was he'd he'd set them out have a low scoring loss. David Moyesish, if you like.
0: Alright, that's what happened this week. Let's move on to next week. Now, Chelsea beat Newcastle, they're away at Southampton. That's the first game on Saturday. I mean Southampton have gone into a little bit of a free fall, and Chelsea under Tuckle are looking rather good. Possibly not looking Looking good in the sense of not dropping points, or not losing, and uh, very, very many clean sheets as well. So, I think Chelsea could edge that one.
1: Yeah, Chelsea should. They do actually look very good. They're, they're, they're very attractive attacking team going forward. All the players know what they're supposed to be doing. Werner came came good yesterday. He, he was man of the match, I think. He created the first goal, scored the second. He was he was superb, a fantastic performance. Now he's actually got the goal. I think he's going to go on and get a lot. So I think I think Chelsea will beat Southampton. Mm. Two one because Chelsea's defence still gives you a chance. Ah, oh, what have we got next? Burnley West Brom. I I, I think Burnley are going to win that by a goal.
0: Yeah, yes, quite probably. Burnley seem to be turning the corner. You've got Liverpool against Everton later on uh, Saturday afternoon. Liverpool against Everton. That should be in normal times a Liverpool win who knows of those two teams at the moment?
1: No, if you look at history, it should be a draw. Oh, yeah. I think they're far more, far more draws than any other result. And I think it looks like a draw this time too.
0: All right, uh, Fulham against Sheffield United. That is a veritable six-pointer, as they call it. Uh, Sheffield United desperately need points, desperately need points. Fulham will feel quite buoyed by their recent form. I'm going 2-0 to Fulham for that one. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's a good shout. Actually, I can't see anything down for Sheffield United in that match. Fulham are, are full of confidence at the moment, and now they know they can score goals. So it's going to it's going to be a long day for Sheffield United.
0: And then the big one, as far as you and I are concerned, West Ham United take on Tottenham at West Ham. Kind of, you know, you've leapfrogged us in uh, the last week in the league. Tottenham have slipped down for, uh, since since November from first to 9th. I'm going to go for an away win for Tottenham. I think we I think we are going to be too strong for you that day. And we owe you for the 3-3 draw. That was a good day, wasn't it? That 3-3 draw. <laughs> do,
1: do, do you remember, we, we watched it in, in a bar here, in, in our bar. And there were two Spurs fans, sort of middle-aged guys, to the right. And they'd obviously had, had a few pints before the match. And, and they, they fell asleep when Spurs were 3-0 up. <laughs> and then they, at the end of the match, they woke up expecting to have won 3 nil I said, what? What? No, no, it can't be. You can't be that. Spurs have definitely got a goal, a goal in them against West Ham. Have they got
0: two? No. So I will go for a one-one draw. All right. Then we've got Aston Villa against Leicester. Leicester will be again another team that are on the up. They beat Liverpool three-one very convincingly. I th- think they will beat Aston Villa albeit away
1: I don't know I don't know Uh, Villa love getting involved in a football match not one of these we'll park the bus and you've got to go and beat us and Leicester will attack so I will I'm going to go 2-1 to
0: Villa That's 2-1 to Villa, you're saying? Uh, Then Arsenal against Man City. Now, Arsenal, you said, played the best they have done for over a year. They're playing Manchester City or playing out their skins. So, it could be an interesting game. But I'm hoping, since Tottenham were not going to win the league now, and it looks like City, uh, and I'm a Tottenham fan, so I'm hoping that Man City win that by a considerable margin.
1: And there's a chance that Arsenal could score... Because Yang is really on form. But I'm going to go 3-0 to City.
0: Right, and then Manchester United against Newcastle United. Normally, again, you'd say, well, that's going to be 2-0 to Man United. But if they can't get past West Brom, they've been beaten by Sheffield United recently.
1: Who knows? Well, yeah, who doesn't know? Uh, well, we, d- we don't really know what's going wrong at Manchester United, other than that they can't defend, obviously. Okay. De Gea in goal and um, Maguire in defence, it's it, it's always going to be difficult for them. Newcastle mm-hmm. won't score, even Even with Maguire in defence they won't score 3-0 to Manchester United
0: Uh, Then we've got Brighton against
1: Crystal Palace Now uh, on form that should be quite a comfortable win for Brighton 2-0 I'll go for that because the thing which which has always been Palace's strength in the last few years Has been their defence and that seems to have disappeared Their defence has been shocking lately Brighton to win 2-0
0: And finally we've got Leeds United against Southampton next Tuesday Oh, who knows with Leeds.
1: If Calvin Phillips plays Leeds, Leeds win. If he doesn't, I think Southampton can, can turn it around and win 2-1. So I'll go for a Southampton 2-1 away win.
0: All right, that's just about all we've got time for. But before we say our goodbyes, time for your trivia question and the answer. Who is the
1: longest-serving former Chelsea manager who also played for the club? And the answer is Glenn Hoddle, who was manager for three years at Stamford Bridge from June 93 to May 96.
0: Fantastic. That's all we've got time for. Thank you for listening. That was Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. And we will see you next week with more Hitting the Bar, the football podcast.